The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Good morning, Ecclesia. It is so good to be with you this morning. I know that there is a lot going on in our world right now, and I'm so grateful that you are here taking some time to just be in our virtual community. Allow me to pray for you as we open up our time together. God, 
We come to you today with heavy hearts. God, we are so grateful for the promises in scripture that you will be here with us always and that you are in charge. God, thank you for being with us from wherever we are. If we're watching at home, if we're watching from work, if we're watching from our back porch, God, thank you so much for being with us. We pray your peace and your love over everybody watching this. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. raging sea Jesus when you gonna wake up when you gonna wake up how can you sleep when we're in need just one touch from the maker and all the ways be still just one touch from
Ecclesia, now comes the time in our service where we get to say a special blessing over all of the children who are in our lives. So if you have children with you, bring them close to you. You can lay your hands on them. And if you don't have any children with you, feel free to recall any special children um, in your lives, in your mind. Children of Ecclesia, may God bless you today with love and with peace and with health in your mind, in your emotions, and in your body. We love you so very much. As we continue in worship, let's say this offertory prayer. God, our provider and sustainer, you bind all of creation together, every molecule a gift from your hand. The life and love of Jesus display the power of generosity two fish and five loaves multiplied to feed thousands. We give because we belong to you and to one another. We give trusting that you will use these gifts to do what none of us can do alone. We open our hands in joy and hope. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Hello, Ecclesia. So good to be with you wherever you are uh, with us in the world. We're honored to be here today. If we haven't met in person, my name's Wayne. I'm the campus pastor over at Ecclesia on the West Side. There's a lot going on in our world, and we want to give you a few updates on some things that are happening within our church community. First, we want you to Mark the calendar, save the date for Sunday, September 12th. We're gathering in person, but on those days at both our 1100 Elder Campus and our campus in the West Side, we're gonna be celebrating baptism. And baptism is just a beautiful way to physically tell people what Jesus has done in your life, to invite them into that story. And we get to celebrate that together. Uh, you don't wanna miss it. You'll wanna be there for those stories. And if you would like to participate, if you've got questions about baptism, maybe that's the right next step for you in your journey with God, uh, we would love to hear from you. So you can email Mike Yeager at EcclesiaHouston.org if you're at our downtown campus, or you can email Jim Doremus at EcclesiaHouston.org for our West Side campus. But September 12th, next Sunday, we would love to see you in person for baptism. Next Ecclesia uh, coming up on Wednesday, September 15th, we've got something we do once a month. It's called Midweek Vespers. This is a really beautiful time. It's a highlight in my month every time we get to do this. But it's a time to gather virtually with people all across our city, all across the world really, and walk through some really contemplative practices where we get to sing, we get to pray, uh, and we just have a time to refresh and center ourselves. You don't wanna miss it. Uh, we would love for you to join us there. You can go to ecclesiahouston.org slash online care to learn more about Vesters and get the link to the Zoom call so that you can join us for that. But that's going to be Wednesday, September 15th. We would love to see you there. Next, 
If you're like me, you're aware that there's a whole lot going on in our world right now, uh, both here in Houston, as well as our neighbors to Louisiana and the Gulf Coast, as well as abroad in Afghanistan and Haiti and other places. And we are a church that wants to be a part of joining God's work in bringing his kingdom here on earth, just as it is in heaven. And so we wanted you to hear from our lead pastor, Pastor Chris C, as we enter into this season where there's a lot going on uh, so that you know there's ways to participate and there's ways that we can all come together to do that. Uh, so I'm gonna turn it over to Pastor Chris and he's gonna tell you more about those opportunities that we have to join together. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I got to tell you this week, it feels like the world is broken. If you watch what's happening in the Gulf Coast and you know Ecclesia, we're made for hurricane relief. I'm on my way to New Orleans and I need folks to give to our Gulf Coast fund. Our brothers and sisters in Haiti aren't even on the news anymore. And the devastation is beyond anything any of us have ever seen or imagined. And we have friends and partners with Living Water that are on the ground now. You can give and we can help. We've got kids going to school all across our city and they don't even have school supplies. We can't neglect them. We can do something. If you watch what's happening in Afghanistan, I don't know whether to cry or to punch a wall, but I know that if there are Afghani families headed here, I want to welcome them. We're going to partner with Houston Welcomes Refugees, and you can volunteer and you can give. If you go to ecclesiahouston.org slash broken, you're going to see all four of those opportunities. You may not be able to do all four, but you can do one. Will you at least do something to help us mend this broken world? Ecclesia, I love you. God bless you. So Ecclesia, we're grateful to be a community who cares greatly about our brothers and sisters all across the world. And it's great to be a part of a community where we don't have to carry this all our, on our own. So we want to encourage you to go to EcclesiaHouston.org slash broken to learn more about the opportunities and the partnerships we have all across the world and to lean in with the one that really resonates with your heart. Uh, and we just are so blown away by your continued generosity and how you reach out and you serve our city and our world so well. Uh, we love you, Ecclesia. So as we wrap up this time, I'd love to just pause and say a prayer for all those initiatives and partners and relationships we have with people. And then also set up for uh, the time where we get to hear from our one of our community pastors, Mike Yeager, as he opens up the scriptures. Really excited about that. But Ecclesia, would you join me in a quick prayer? God, we are so grateful that you are here with us now, wherever we are, that you are actively involved in our world that you are working and that you invite us to join you in that. We ask that you would offer us and help reaffirm in us a hope that you're not done with us, that you're not done with this world. Will you speak directly to us? Will you inspire us? Will you prompt us and call us to those initiatives that we can be a part of, that we can invest our lives, our resources in? And we ask that you would go before us to the, all these different places across our city, across the world, that you would create partnerships and, and strengthen those relationships, that you would set divine appointments for people to come in contact with your love and your grace, and that this would be a platform to proclaim the name of Jesus in all areas of the world. God, will you use these efforts and these gifts to redeem all of creation? We use it to redeem us as well. And God, we ask that in the coming moments as Mike pauses to open the scriptures and to share some of his life, we ask that you would use him to speak through us, to speak to us, that you would inspire us, that you would ground us, 
that you would help us know how to take small steps to move forward and to become more like you and to join you in this work. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Warm greetings to you all, family. Uh, as always, it's a joy to be with you as we worship and to open up the scriptures as we seek God's guidance together. Obviously, this is a profoundly heavy week of pain and loss for our neighbors to the east. And, and we, Ecclesia, will do what we always do, what this community does so well, to respond with, with compassion and generosity, to respond out of a deep empathy that knows what it is, to have received similar care in our own time of need. I've heard from several of you in recent weeks with all of the significant trauma unfolding in Afghanistan and Haiti and the devastation of Ida, compounded by the grief and exhaustion we all continue to carry from the pandemic without much opportunity to pause and to process, not to mention life in general in all of its complexity, anxiety, and challenge. And, and, and what keeps coming up is some version or another of, I'm exhausted, and I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I'm filming this on Wednesday morning and you're most likely hearing it on Sunday. Somewhere in between, I will have turned in my finer, final paper uh, to complete my master's degree at Fuller Theological Seminary. And I'm very grateful. And this is the culmination of a lot of work and long hours. My wife, Lauren, has been greatly concerned about my sleep hygiene, which does not mean as I initially thought that I needed to shower before coming to bed. but. As it generally happens at a time of graduation or any significant milestone, the culturally conditioned question you often hear is, well, what now? What's next? If you have the experience of being a new parent, you may have also been asked almost immediately if you're going to have another, another one. And we're, we're like, this one can't even lift their own head yet. It still has the, the, the fontanelles, the soft spots, right? So I propose that we have a choice. We can either allow ourselves to submit to this kind of constant mindless churn, this exhausting pursuit of an abstract destination that's always shifting, or we can learn to become grounded in the kind of discipline and practice that prepare us to not simply do the next thing, but instead what Dallas Willard calls the next right thing, to discern the faithful destination that is the kingdom of God in the here and now. Pastor Chris talked last week about the importance of, of rooting yourself in a place to spiritually flourish. So along that theme, I'd like to begin a conversation that can hopefully continue in your close community and continue between you and God, a conversation about cultivating discipline, endurance, and why that matters for your flourishing for, with God and the flourishing of God's family. If your soul is the seed and the church is the soil and Jesus is the nourishing water and the sunlight, we might think of these practices as a kind of fertilizer. So in his landmark book, A Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster opens with this. He says, superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. And so the desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. And I think that's true. And that invitation to depth is not exclusive to the, to the so-called religious elite and those we call saints or put on some spiritual pedestal. It's for everyone. Ordinary human beings like you, 
who have jobs and go to school and care for children and neighbors and aging parents and, and who have a never-ending list of undone projects and are, like me, maybe often staring at three baskets of unfolded laundry. Everyone. Pastor Sean spoke a few weeks ago about reimagining spiritual disciplines from a communal standpoint and shared what he learned from growing up in a church tradition without musical instruments, that, that singing a cappella he learned that everyone had a part to play and that everyone needed to sing their part for the collective voice to fully resonate. We are better. We resound as a family when everyone is flourishing, when everyone is developing and using the voice that they've been given. And so there's this story in, in the book of Numbers, this chapter 11, that illustrates this. And so the Israelites have finished a year encamped at Mount Sinai, and they've just embarked into the wilderness toward the promised land. And every person who has ever been on a road trip with kids knows exactly what happens next. We barely left the driveway. What do we hear? Are we there yet? Immediately with the complaints, hey Moses, I'm hungry. And all we have back here is manna. It's incessant. And not long after, Moses, he's venting to God. He says, I'm at my wit's end with their whining. I'm losing my mind. Why have I not found favor in your, in your sight that you lay the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive them? Did I give birth to them, nurse them? And yet they all come to me weeping. I can't do it anymore. It's too much. It's too heavy. He goes so far as to tell God, if this is going to keep up, just, just kill me and get it over with. He, Moses, he's always with the drama, right? But the Lord responds. He says, okay, okay, Moses. And he tells him to gather 70 of the elders, people known to be trusted leaders in the community, declaring that they would help to bear the burden of the people, that Moses would not bear it alone any longer. And we pick up in verse 24. It says, so Moses went out and he told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 elders of the people and he placed them all around the tent. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. I find that last part fascinating. They did not do so again. These elders, they felt the, the responsibility of shared leadership for a brief moment. And just as quickly, they relinquish it presumably preferring instead to leave the burden to Moses or anyone else, just not me, it seems to say. But listen to what happens next. It says, two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other one named Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And, and Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen men, said, My Lord, Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. And what I hear in that is especially relevant to a time in which our rhythms of gathering together remain so disrupted, so different from the ways that we had been so long accustomed. And my question is this, if in this season, we'll continue gathering in homes by the fives and tens far more often than we're together in larger groups in the hundreds, from where will that spirit of discipleship rise in our community? 
The implication is that Eldad and Medad were called to the tent of meeting, but they did not go. Was that open disobedience, or did they feel unworthy? Or were they precisely where God wanted them, faithful to remain where they had been planted? Instead of simply doing the next thing, perhaps they were doing the next right thing. Like Pastor Chris reminded us last week, maybe they weren't going to church at the tent of meeting. They were being the church. The Spirit came to rest on them all the same as they ministered in the camp with the people. And how does Moses react? He isn't jealous. He isn't threatened. Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, he says, and that the Lord would put his Spirit on them. Ecclesia, that same Spirit rises in and through all of you. Just before his arrest, Jesus prays to the Father in John 17. He says, I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The rushing wind of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost is a confirmation of what happened generations prior in this camp. But I wonder if the result will be the same for us as it was for the 70 at the tent of meeting, empowered and emboldened by the Spirit, only to never prophesy again. We're going to be celebrating baptisms next weekend at both campuses. It's very exciting. And if this hasn't been a part of your journey, maybe it's time to make that significant step in your faith. You can contact me for our downtown campus or reach out to Pastor Jim at the West Side. And for those taking part, it's a celebration of joy and freedom and new life and new commitments. But it's not an end in and of itself. It's a beginning of a journey that continues to unfold, a journey that is sustained and deepened by discipline and practice. Because what I'm not saying and what Moses is not saying is that that anything goes, that anyone can get on a, a soapbox or I guess it's a milk crate right now and say whatever they feel is right and call it faithful witness to what God desires to happen in the world. Scrolling Facebook for 30 seconds will remind us quickly how untrue that is. What I am saying is that the body, the body of Christ needs Ordinary people like you planted in neighborhoods and relational circles around the city, around every city who are on fire with that enthusiasm and a desire to contribute toward the flourishing of others, but who are also grounded in the steadying forces of spiritual discipline, not, not blown about by wind or by whim, who already know what to do in times of anxiety and crisis because they've been practicing for such a time. And so quickly, I want to offer a few things to ponder as you consider the kind of spiritual practices that, that will contribute toward your flourishing and the flourishing of those whom God will call you towards, that, that you would not burn out quickly like the 70 at the tent of meeting. You may have heard this called a rule of life. I've rewritten my own recently, and it goes like this. Simply take a piece of paper and make a list, practices that you need to flourish daily, weekly, monthly, Yearly, 30 minutes for scripture, prayer, and meditation each day in the morning or in the evening if that's what your schedule allows. Or start with 15, start with 10. Make it doable. Four days of exercise per week. Maybe it's reading a book every month that will help you grow in an area of passion. Maybe it's truly practicing a weekly Sabbath and setting work aside or a night free of media and devices. Yours will look different than mine. But the point is that it would be something you look to daily as a stabilizing commitment to the kind of things that you know to be of benefit. 
deep down to your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health. But make it realistic. And don't use it to beat yourself up if you fall short. This all happens in the context of grace. And you can share it with someone. You can talk with God about it. You can adjust as needed. And remember, your journey is not anyone else's. After the resurrection, when Jesus gives Peter some real bummer news, that one day he will be bound and taken to where he does not wish to go, that Peter's path is ultimately toward martyrdom. Peter turns and he sees John. In John 21, it says, When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? And Jesus responds, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. There's no place for, for envy and comparison and shame in this discernment because the gifts and the relationships, the story and the circumstance that you've been given, what God is preparing you for is as different for you and I as it was for Peter and John. So, so write out that, that rule of life, literally that plan for flourishing. And remember that it's God's plan for you and not someone else. And remember that depth takes time. It takes commitments and endurance. It requires the kind of strength that can only be built through a degree of discomfort. Paul writes it this way to the Philippians. He says, not that I've already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward, to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. So I've been promising myself and others for several years now that I will complete the Houston Marathon. This would be my first. And, I, and I've now deferred my entry three years running, or, or not running is more accurate, uh, once for injury and once for personal and mental health, and then last year due to the pandemic, but I'm signed up again. I'm three weeks into training. If all goes according to plan, I will have run eight miles on Friday morning, and I am more optimistic than ever. But I, I got to tell you, I'm also incredibly sore, y'all. Uh, knees and calves and quads just on fire and feeling the kind of discomfort that often make you want to quit, even when you know deep down that it's making you stronger. And the same is true of these spiritual practices. Prayer and meditation study and fasting and silence and solitude and service to others, they don't just happen. They're the result of getting out of your comfort zone. Incremental faithfulness, endurance creating habit, because discipline is no great secret. It's just a bunch of single steps that have been strung together over time. And today, all you have to do is make the one that's in front of you. Maybe the one you're scared to take. Because if you do that, Ecclesia, learning to flourish in ways that allow you to then contribute toward the flourishing of others, what God will do in and through the life of this family is beyond our imagination. American monk and mystic Thomas Merton said it this way. He says, we do not want to be beginners, but let us be convinced of the fact that we will never be anything but beginners all our life. And so today, let's take that next step, maybe that first step, together. And as we come to the table, let us be reminded of our Savior who walked these paths before us, that we would cast off all fear and hesitation, following Him always 
in sacrificial love for others. Thanks be to God. We love you, Ecclesia. So Ecclesia, as we just here heard from our dear friend and brother, Pastor Mike Yeager, I hope you take his words of encouragement seriously, that you consider a rule of life, that you step into some disciplines this season with some intentionality that help you become more like the people God created all of us to be. And my hope for you is that one of those disciplines and one of those things is to intentionally take time at least once a week to celebrate communion, uh, even if it's just with those in your house or your family uh, with some others. Uh, we do this every week because we're forgetful, forgetful people and we need to be reminded that God's love and God's forgiveness and His provision is for us and for all people. And so I want to invite you to into this discipline and this sacred feast together. And as we come to the table to remember and celebrate, would you take a few moments to look inside, to be honest with yourself and with God about where you are so that we can start from where we are and move to where God invites us to. So I'll read this prayer as a celebrant and you can respond as the people. But God, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. And altogether, you are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. So Ecclesia, we come to the table together today with whatever elements you have uh, with you. And we remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his followers and they shared a meal. And at one point in the meal, he got up, he took a piece of bread, he gave thanks, he blessed God. And then he broke it and he gave it to his followers. And he said, take this and eat. It's my body broken for you. And in the same way, after the meal, he took a cup of wine. And again, he stood up, he blessed God, he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his followers and he said something different. He said, take this and drink. It's my blood poured out for you. It establishes a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you eat and drink this, remember me. And so Ecclesia family, we remember Christ's death and resurrection, his body broken, his blood shed for us. We remember his love and mercy and his grace poured out on us and for all people. May you taste and see God's love for you today. This is the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.
Ecclesia, as we close today, our hearts are heavy with all of the burdens that we are carrying, with all the knowledge that we have of what's going on around the world. I hope that we can offer you some hope and some encouragement as we remember who is in charge. Our benediction today is an excerpt from the children's book, What is God Like? by Rachel Held Evans and Matthew Paul Turner. God is like the flame of a candle, warm and inviting. With God close by, you can look to the light and see through the darkest of nights. God is like the wind, passionate and full of mystery. God is both here and mysteriously also over there. God is everywhere, swirling throughout the world, whistling across mountain ranges, rustling through trees, and pressing against your cheeks on a breezy day. Go in peace, Ecclesia. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.